Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is our 250th podcast of Guys Guys Radio, November 15th, 2017. And we're going to talk about sex tonight. And I'm psyched. We have a great guest, Celine Remy, and uh, she's going to be on here uh, very soon. Uh, in the interim, let me fill you in on what's been going on in our uh, guys, guys uh, world. Uh, today, as I mentioned, it's November 15th. We've got the cold, chilly, freezing weather, weather in New York City. Um, but it's going to be Thanksgiving next week, and uh, people warm up when they get all that good food on Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't eat meat anymore, but I still love Thanksgiving. And uh, so I uh, look forward to Thanksgiving, even though I, I don't eat the turkey. Uh, my uh, family has a number of people who are pescatarians uh, and uh, we eat fish. So we do get some stuffing, but it doesn't have meat in it. So we look forward to that. Um, let's see what's going on out there in Guys Guys land before we bring out our special guest, Celine Remy. She is a uh, holistic sex sexologist and a certified sexological body worker. And she's created a program called uh, Power and Mastery uh, that we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, it's uh, right, right in the wheelhouse for Guys, Guys and Relationships and our 250th podcast of Guys, Guys Radio. Can you believe it? So before I get into kind of what's going on out there, let's talk a little bit about how we started this whole Guys, Guys movement. It began with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guys to Love. Uh, you can pick it up at uh, some bookstores, but most likely, because it's a couple of years old now, you'll find it on Amazon, any of the e-tailers. Good stocking stuffer, great reviewed novel called The Male Sex in the City, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And um, so looking forward to uh, selling some copies for uh, the holidays this year. So please pick one up if you haven't so far. Uh, then we started my website, robertmanny.com. And I do a weekly blog post there, and I've been doing it for a number of years, and we're at about 275 blog posts on everything that has to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. So we're thrilled about that, and we just keep going and going and going. And as part of our, what we do is a guy's guy's guide, and we're going to do that later in the show after we talk to our guest. And this week's guy's guy's guide is going to be a little sampler of a post that I'm working on right now. It's going to be about some things that bug me. Every once in a while, you got to go off on a little rant, some of those just inconsequential things that are annoying about modern life, whether it has to do with technology or standing in line at retail or somebody that plays music really loud on the street uh, late at night, whatever. I'm going to cover some of those uh, for you this evening. Um, you can catch me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and all of our podcasts, all 250 podcasts of Guys Guys Radio are on iTunes, um, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Blog Talk Radio. And um, you could really help us out supporting the show by subscribing, rating, and reviewing uh, us, uh, Guys Guys Radio, in iTunes. So you have to go into the iTunes app and uh, rate, review, and subscribe from there. So you've got to go into, into iTunes to be able to do that. So anyhow... That's where we started, and look what we've got now. It's all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Better men, better world. And this is a time, look what's happening in the news, where 
so many guys are under the gun for bad behavior. Uh, the latest is this uh, senatorial candidate from Alabama, Roy Moore, who was now all the ladies are coming out uh, saying that he was abusive to them way back when, when he was in his 30s and he was trolling malls for teenage girls. Now <laughs> he's running for senator. Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, Louis C.K. The list goes on and on and on. And it's just a bad thing. And uh, if you're a guy's guy, you, you don't you, you keep it in your pants until uh, the appropriate time when it's consensual. And there seems to be some type of an issue with uh, certain men who are in power uh, that uh, don't seem to know uh, when uh, no means no and uh, uh, how to behave around a woman. And you would think some of these super powerful guys, like, why do they have to uh, why do they have to resort to, you know, masturbating in front of women or you know, like humping them against their wishes or throwing themselves at them? Uh, in a, in, a, in a physically abusive way when they should be able to romance a woman. I mean, they've got money, they've got power, they've got prestige. They're in uh, creative businesses or powerful businesses like banking or public life, public service uh, in politics. It, uh, wields, a lot of power is wielded in Washington. And yet some of these guys have to, uh, uh, have to resort to this really bad behavior. So there's a need now more than ever for guys, guys uh, to rise up and uh, show the way, show the way how to be a gentleman, how to have casual confidence, how to be comfortable in your own skin and know how to talk to a woman and know how to treat a woman as your equal and know how to be respectful and recognize the long overdue it's long overdue recognition for the achievements that women have been making and continue to make and will continue to make. You know, it's interesting. I saw an article in the paper uh, today about uh, women now marrying down and men marrying up. So the whole paradigm has been flipped where it used to be, you know, uh, the woman would try to marry up and now it's guys marrying up because women are becoming so successful. I like to say that it's never been a better time for a man to, uh, to be a man. It's never been a better time to be a guy's guy because if you can be respectful to women, women want men to be men. But in a, in a way that shows casual confidence, that shows timeless style, that shows respect, a sense of humor, being a good friend, being a good lover, and just treating women as equals and not being a jerk about things. So I'm very excited about our show tonight. Uh, as I mentioned, we have a holistic sexologist on, uh, Celine Remy. I'm going to bring her on in a couple moments, and um, I can't wait to get started because we have a lot to talk about. But let's take a quick break, and then we will, uh, we will bring on our special guest. Okay, we're back. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, I was going to go through a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, but I really wanted to hone in on why it's important to be a guy's guy, why our movement uh, is so relevant now and all of, you know, the things in politics going on in sports and all of that, they just keep going and going and going. So let's get into <clears throat> what our show is really about tonight. Our special guest, Celine Remy, as I mentioned, she's a holistic sexologist. She's a certified sexological, sexological body worker, and she's the co-creator of uh, the power and mastery, uh, complete 
male sexual stamina training. She also has a, a training, a couples retreats and training for women also. She's got a website, CelineRemy.com. She's got a fascinating backstory and personal story, and she's involved in uh, uh, massage and Ayurvedic medicine and all kinds of stuff. And I have some knowledge of that. I went through a Ayurvedic protocol this year. Uh, I had uh, uh, a couple of robotic surgeries about three years ago and everything's cool, but I wanted to learn more about uh, really how to heal the body from a cellular level on up. So um, we'll talk about that also, but let's bring Celine on right now and welcome her to guys, guys radio. Good evening, Celine. How are you? Good evening, Robert. I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me here. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Guys Guys Radio and being a guest on a very special podcast. It's number 250 for us, and I could think of no uh, better guest to have than you and no better topic than the cover besides uh, sex and relationships. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's get into it. Um, you have a fascinating backstory. I know you've lived in France and you've lived in India and you lived in New Zealand and now you live in California. Uh, tell us a little bit, uh, just for the benefit of our audience, who may not be as familiar with, it, with you as I have, because I've taken some time uh, uh, with your work, um, and tell us about your journey and kind of what inspired you to do what you're doing and what is it exactly that you feel that you're doing? Mm, all right. So it all started in Switzerland. That's where I'm from. And I want to say that kind of set up the stage because being from Europe, we have a a broader understanding and just the way that we view sexuality is very different. And I think that really uh, set up the stage for me. And very early on, I was always fascinated with bodies. And, and um, I took my very first workshop in sexuality when I was about um, 18 or 19 years, 19 years old. And I knew that was it. I studied Taoism. And I was like, I want to go and I want to learn those things. So I went to Thailand where there was a master and I studied over there. And that led me to go to another master, traveling to India, and just like going around the world looking for renowned masters and, and applying the techniques and everything that I had learned. And technically, I like to say holistic sexologist because I bring in all the different things that I have learned from my travels, from over 15 years of personal practice. Into, mm-hmm. into the sexological bodywork field. And so this is like more than, one, more than just sex because, again, sex is not just starting in the bedroom. It's also all the things that you do around. Okay, fantastic. And um, let's, you touched on a point that I, was one of my uh, upcoming questions, but why don't we get to it right now? And, you know, that is America. We have a very uh, puritanical culture compared to a lot of other countries. I mean, I've traveled around also the world also. I've been to all over Asia, and I've been to Thailand, and I've been to Europe and uh, lots of other places. So uh, American is very – I mean, I'm in New York. And there's California. And then there's a lot of the states in the middle of the country, a little more conservative and um, a little more puritanical, where there's a, a I don't know if it's a shame thing, but we have a, an issue here in this country with sex. What what have you uh, observed in terms of the issue with the United States in terms of sexuality versus other countries, including, you know, your, France and uh, Italy and uh, places in Europe and also in Asia? 
definitely the first thing that comes to mind when I think about sexuality here in the U.S. is that sexuality is everywhere. So we use sex to sell everything. So we have these really um, highly sexual, sensual pictures to sell a car, to sell a beer, anything like that. And yet, when it comes to true sexuality, when it comes to the act itself, to being comfortable in your body, we have this huge block. People are not very comfortable being naked, being seen naked, talking about sex, or doing like PDAs. Um, and, and that's nothing really comes in the way. In terms of public display of affection, like PDAs, many places, I'd say in Asia or India especially, they are also um, pretty, uh, I want to say like shy, and like it's not something that you do. Um, but when it comes to being comfortable in your body, you know, in Europe, we have so many places where it's okay to just be topless at the beach or just kind of like new right. resorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we are, and, and we have sexuality courses since the day, like we go to school, so we talk about it. It's not just like this big thing that nobody talks about, but everybody knows about. Why do you think that is, just as somebody who has your uh, all-the-world travel and, and being born someplace outside of the U.S., uh, seeing that here, why do you think that we have that issue here? I agree with what you're saying completely. Uh, and, and also we have a big pornography issue in this country, um, which is, seems to be replacing sex <laughs> sometimes. But uh, give, it, give me your take as to why do you think it's different here? What's the, what's the driver for that? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, I might. I mean, there is one answer that comes to mind, and it might be a little controversial. Uh, but definitely, religion <laughs> is a big thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I think you know, once you put something into the compartment, like the shame drawer in that compartment, it's really difficult to right. get it out. And there's nothing, you know, with the whole movement of like uh, no sex before marriage, no sex education for the young, like all of this perpetuates the problem. We are just like pretending there's no elephant in the room, but yet it's right there. And that's probably a lack of real dialogue around sexuality and, mm-hmm. and an awareness, yes. Okay. You mentioned um, the role, uh, the importance in your life and in your journey, if you will, uh, the importance of uh, food actually. So tell us a little bit about that, because I found that very intriguing. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the way we eat will affect how we feel in our bodies. If our bodies are not healthy, and especially when we go into our gut health, and um, our, our guts are considered like our second brain. And so our biggest sex organ is also called our brain. (laughs) Mm, So let's say like you you got to influence the way you feel in your body, also influence your brain, your body in itself, the body shape, your stamina. So if you're not healthy in your body, you know, the things that are not absolutely essential for survival, like let's say having an erection is not absolutely essential for survival. So the body is going to put the energy towards pumping blood for the heart or like doing like all the things that the organs need to do. And then maybe like, like it's not going to do all the other stuff that it needs when it comes to your sexuality, especially when it comes to your erections. So having a healthy body 
is essential if you want to be able to uh, have control of your body, if you want to be able to have like stamina in the bedroom where you last more than just a minute, where you have the heart that can, you know, that can stay and go into like heightened state of pleasure without being like out of breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so it is really essential to be healthy in the body in order to have also a healthy sexuality. And food is one of the ways to have a healthy body. Got it. Uh, I would think another thing that kind of gets in the way uh, is uh, meds and also stress mm-hmm. and the American uh, lifestyle. Uh, every, everything's about, you know, what meds you're taking and, uh, you know, they're basically suppressing their, their suppressives, I like to call them. And uh, also with the drinking and smoking and uh, uh, the breakdown over time due to stress. Uh, of the body and uh, the body defenses, uh, I would think that it impacts sexuality. And as you mentioned in your blog and your website, there's a an issue with a lot of men as, uh, uh, you know, having ED issues. And uh, I guess it re- reverts to a lot of those factors. Could you uh, talk about that a little bit? Like what, what are the issues that are impacting men's sexuality and what are the, what are the issues that, what are the real issues that men are having and what is impacting that? How are the issues driving the, what's the result of what's happening with men, which is a lower uh, rate of sexuality as they get older. And then, you, you know, you have all these guys in Hollywood running around masturbating in front of women and stuff. It's like, it's so, un, it seems very unhealthy. <laughs> okay. So that's a, that's a big I know I gave you a lot. I, I gave you a lot there. So I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. So I definitely want to say stress is the number one um, killer when it comes to having sex drive and sexual stamina. It's 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 the number one thing that gets in the way, and I see it unfortunately because of our lifestyles. We don't know anymore how to relax, how to do nothing. You know, we're constantly bombarded. We have our tablets, our phones, our, our, our computers, and, and social mm-hmm. media. And so that's one way. So also our attention span is really short. So it makes it hard to focus on one thing. When it comes to uh, the excitement that you get when you watch porn, you know, when you go and watch one scene that's really hot and then you go to another scene that's really hot and then you constantly need more and more of that um, really fast imagery to keep you turned on and excited and then it kind Mm -hmm. of can lead to having to do more and more activities that could be you know like edgy or like you were saying hey masturbating in front of other people like you got to push the threshold because you're kind of like numbing yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. What what is your sense of uh, uh, as a woman, <clears throat> and I know a lot of guys are on there too, but I uh, I'm pretty new to Instagram, and I got to tell you, I was like wow, shocked at like so many young women who are out there. A lot of them are like trying to be fitness models or just they're like workout crazy, and just all they do is show off. They write all these memes about, you know, uh, you can get there if you want to all this kind of self-help stuff. And then it's just like bending over and showing their butt and twerking and flexing their muscles and all this kind of stuff. But it's not just one or two. It's all over Instagram. Uh, And it's like, it's almost, you know, in a way I, I get the fact that, okay, you're comfortable in your own body. Great. You're celebrating it. You're living a healthy ha- ha- lifestyle. Great. 
but there's there's like this underlying like I don't know if it's a if it's it's a uh, lack of self confidence or neediness or it's almost like a a porn aspect to it. As a guy, I'm looking at this. I'm like, you know, this is like unbelievable. <laughs> I'm wow. not complaining, wow. but it's like there's something that this. <laughs> In, in the in the effort to show off, is there's, there's it's almost an uns in a, in a way there's almost an unsexiness about it because it's so lack it lacks intimacy. Mm. It's objectification, and yet it's the women who are like objectification objectifying themselves almost. Maybe I'm saying this wrong. It's coming out all wrong. Help me out here. Well, I want to say from a woman's perspective, it can be highly liberating to post a sexy picture of you because sometimes mm-hmm. it's very edgy and, you know, you could be having some doubts about your, your just kind of your sensuality, your, your beauty or anything like that. And, like, hey, putting a picture out there of yourself with a sexy outfit or showing off some body parts because you're trying to learn those, to love those body parts, it could be, like, a really healing transformation. So I'd say, mm-hmm. like, one part of this is, like, a super healing journey for women that's, like, I'm owning my body. I may not always have loved how my butt looks or how my breasts look, but here I am now. I'm loving myself without surgery, without any, like, anything else. This is or me. no makeup or whatever. Here I am sweating exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that I think is awesome. Got it. I also Got think it. that there's the self-expression piece because for so many years and centuries, we women have been told that we needed to cover up because men couldn't control themselves. And we were the responsibility. It was actually our fault if we were getting raped. And um, I, I think that there's a whole movement out there for women to be like, I want to be able to be as self-expressed as I want to be. I want to be as, as much of a sexual being as I want to be. And that doesn't mean that this is an invitation for you. So it's kind of like a reclaiming and an empowering uh, thing for some women to do, to be like, hey, this is my sexual expression. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. let society or men like, like, put it down and tell me I can't just because they can't resist it. So that's, again, could be like <laughs> very human uh, and empowering as well. I got it. Women. Okay. No, thank you. Is there a downside at all? Am I, if it's just me being creepy that I'm seeing something that's not there because of how I am? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there a line you to know. be drawn? Because you know what? I, I do some, uh, um, I, I uh, write some stuff for Cupid's Pulse, and we get a question of a month. There's a male, I'm a male expert, and there's a female expert, and the last month was an intriguing question. It was for a guy. A guy wrote in and said, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable because my girlfriend's always on Instagram and showing herself off all the time. You know, what can I do? And uh, my thinking was, well, you know, uh, I, you have to figure out why she wants to do that. What's the state of your relationship and why she feels the need to do that? Is, is it a self-confidence thing? Um, is it a uh, narcissistic thing? Is it she's just celebrating the fact that she's young and beautiful and wants to take full advantage of it? And it's very liberating. But you have to get to the bottom of it and find out what it is and then see if it works for you and if you're both on the same page. But uh, so I, I guess the point is, what, is, there, is there a downside to, to this lack of uh, or is it a millennial thing where there's like no filter? Just anything goes. <laughs> You know, 
maybe it is a new era where there's more freedom and anything goes. And I also mm-hmm. think that it's important to do it for the proper reasons. You know, if you're doing it just to get attention because you have very low self-esteem, maybe there's that other ways. That right. happens, exactly. I think it really depends on the why. If you're doing it, like you were saying, from that place of celebration or from that mm-hmm. place of empowerment, like, hey, this is it, I'm proud of myself. You know, the other part in, in that is that it's very empowering. It's a woman stepping into that, that sense of, like, being feminine and being beautiful, and that can be threatening for men. And if that man mm-hmm. is like, hey, I'm uncomfortable with my girlfriend doing this, that urges him to step up and, and look at the trust in, in the dynamic of their relationship because is it threatened because other guys are going to see her and maybe want her? Does he not trust that she's going to be just dedicated to him in, in a monogamous relationship and that's the agreement that, he, that they have? And so, therefore, he's feeling insecure. So maybe he needs to work on his own side that actually he's really proud that he – that his woman is hot and gorgeous and like, should be proud to show her off, you know? <laughs> so maybe mm-hmm. that part of himself is doubting. Maybe it's looking at, hey, what part of myself I don't feel like, like enough like a man? What part of myself are insecure that my woman's going to leave me? What part of myself are thinking I'm not good enough and if other men uh, are finding her attractive, she's going to see I'm not good enough? So like working right. on that confidence piece. Yeah, and if you flip it around, but a lot of guys can think, well, I'm a guy, so I know how other guys think, and we're men are visual. So when men see women throwing themselves in front of the camera like that, they're like, that's you know, sex, because men like porn. And so they're thinking, okay, she's sex sex object. I'm getting off on her or whatever. And a guy would have an issue with, I don't want my girlfriend to be sex object to all these other guys and be you know, reveling in that. So it's a conundrum that I think, you know, the woman could be doing it for the right reason and the guy can want her to celebrate herself, but he knows what a horn dogs other guys are and how they're going to be kind of, you know, chasing her around and being like improper. And you see that all over social media. So what's the, Mm. what's the answer to that? I think, um, I, I think that it's important for women to express themselves. I think it's important for men to celebrate women's beauty and not like say that because we are self and sexually expressed that it's an invitation for them to do anything but just, you know, celebrating us. And I also think that by expressing yourself as a woman, you know, I'm a woman and I love seeing other women you know, celebrating themselves, showing body parts or being like in love with their bodies because it inspires me to do the mm-hmm. same. It inspires me to love myself more. And I actually think it's really important because we women are often very judgmental of ourselves. We also are right. very at times um, catty between each other or talk, talking about each other negatively. And so when we can come together and support each other in the expression of our nature, true nature, sexuality, and beauty, I actually I actually think it's really healing as well for the collective feminine. So I think it works for both. We just need to change the dynamic in terms of, hey, what do we do? I think it's inspiring to see a sexy, beautiful woman. I feel happier when I get, you know, exposed to that during my day. Mm-hmm. Now, does it mean I'm going to, like, um, uh, stalk her, uh, masturbate right. her, or things like that? Mm-hmm. No, but I can just be inspired by the feminine beauty and have a smile on my face. Right. And then the flip side, and I'm not, I'm not doing this. We're having a conversation. I'm not doing this to challenge you by any means, but you know, with guys, 
you know, how guys are. We don't look at like, oh, look at that George Clooney. He's such a good looking guy. I want to see him in his underpants. Like we're, we're not like that. If we're straight, we don't want to see other good looking. We don't care about seeing other good looking guys. Uh, you know, it doesn't turn us on. It's like, okay, I've seen guys in the locker room all the time. I'm not turned on by guys. It's just the way I am. And um, hopelessly straight or whatever. Um, and you talk about uh, the importance of balancing the masculine and the feminine. So, so there is a little bit of a difference in how, you know, women will celebrate the beauty of another woman, but guys may not be as open or uh, might not be as celebratory in terms of celebrating the beauty of another guy. How do we reconcile that? And how do, uh, what are some of the steps we can take as a culture to, um, balance the feminine and the masculine because i think what's been happening is that the pendulum you know first it started out way 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 back when uh it was a, a matriarchal society culture and then became patriarchal for for uh, centuries and now it's beginning to swing back the other way and now it's starting to swing back very quickly because things are blowing up uh, with, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff coming out about guys. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. So, and it's important also that we men uh, tap into their uh, feminine side because it's not a negative thing. It's a good thing. And I think men have a challenge are challenged by that. So help, help us out here. How, how do, <laughs> what's your thoughts on the importance of this and how can we take those initial steps to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. Totally. So, I, Robert, I totally agree with the description of what you were saying of that pendulum. And I think that really right now it's coming to that place of balance. And like you said, yes, we women need men. So it, it is our responsibility as women to separate the masculine, to stop emasculating you and, and, and just putting you down. So we have our part in it that we need to bring out the best in you by inspiring you, by supporting you. And then for the man, it's also coming back to that place that it's okay to be a man because now we have this balance where we're like, okay, i got to be in touch with my feminine side. And, you know, as women, we want you to be sensitive. It's actually not that sexy when you're overly sensitive. We we don't want to have sex with with an overly sensitive guy. Sure, we want to be besties, but that's not like where the passion is. So we want Mm -hmm. you to be back into that healthy masculine, which is about a sense of purpose, a sense of direction, a sense of protection too, because you see the feminine for what she is and simply create a container for her to flow and be freely in her feminine essence. And so that you, because you see it, you celebrate it, you integrate it within yourself as well. And it comes, and, and on the other side for the women, we integrate the masculine within ourselves. So we celebrate the fact that there are men around that are here to support us as well and to celebrate us and with a sense of direction, especially when we like, we don't really know where we want to go so that we can be able to, to be in that flow. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. Very well stated. Um, you you have something else uh, very provocative on your website, uh, at one of your blogs as well, about why men, so many men are lousy in bed, basically. So tell us, tell us about that. <laughs> well, okay. I remember when I wrote that, um, like, why are so many men bed in, in bed and don't even know it, that post? And I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. when, I hit the publi- when I hit the publish button, I was like, I don't know if it is or not. Like, there was a part of me that was a little bit scared. And that's good um, that you did I, that. And men need to know because a lot of guys think that they're big Romeos because, you know, if they get an erection, it's just like, 
bang they're like hammering away and they think that's sexy or something like yeah it is for uh, in, in a way but uh that's not the whole ball game and i think women expect a lot more than just the physical the physical uh, you know there has to be more than just boom 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 right Exactly, exactly. And that, like one of the problems I think lies in the fact that, like you said, men think that they're so good in bed. We women can be a little bit scared of bruising their egos and we don't say anything. So we also have our own responsibility as women for not sticking up when something doesn't feel good. And then unfortunately where we um, men don't equate like performance as like being just like like act well knowing a technique as, as like in bed and that's not mm-hmm. really just it's not just all about techniques you know that would be the world would be full of great lovers but it's beyond that it's the ability to really connect with a, with an individual with a human being to create intimacy and because so many men base their sexual education on porn porn does not teach you how to create true intimacy with a woman <laughs> and sure. yeah, it, it does you know, I think porn has good things and bad things. I'm not against porn, but porn needs to be used in a way that's like working for you and not against you. And when you use it as a way to educate yourself and think that's what all of us women want is what you've seen in porn, you are so far off from the reality that you truly want in the bedroom that it does not make you a great lover, even if you're lasting a half hour or an hour. Now, uh, a lot of uh, people, uh, couples, and particularly a lot of guys, they will uh, they have a routine, and, um, and the men are visual, and sometimes they like their woman to dress up a certain way or whatever, and over time, it can feel like, uh, for the woman, uh, like it's pressure that they have to perform, like this show or whatever, and guys love the show, and women like doing the show now and then, but not every time. Do you hear that much? And, and if so, how do you reconcile that? How do you advise couples? Because I know if a guy has the right woman and he likes looking at her and he likes her in certain stuff, he's going to want to stick with that. That's like he looks forward to that and that's what he likes. And, of course, he likes other things, but he likes that. And if she's like, has it become started to become like, I don't want to suit up. I don't want to have to do that. Uh, you know, there's sweatpants and then there's a black corset. There's <laughs> two different, you know, there's got to be some middle ground there. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, you know, when you love somebody, you're willing or like, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt you, you, you might be willing, you, you're willing to do things that turn them on. But beyond mm-hmm. that, we have different nerves that irrigate our genitals and different like pleasure pathways. And most people train only one pathways and that's how they get turned on. That's, that's their, how they build all their eroticism. And then, you mm-hmm. know, what you don't use, you lose. And if that's right. the only way that you get turned on, it's about learning different ways so that you can still experience pleasure through different yep. ways, through your senses, through mm-hmm. like the connection with another human being, breathing together, slowing down. And so it's finding new ways. It's mm-hmm. fine to have a go-to that turns you on and brings you from zero to six seconds. Yep. But I also think it's very important, uh, especially when you're dealing with women. I want to say something for all the guys here listening, that okay. we women are 
creature, emotional creatures, and we have cycles, and, you know, we have so many different personalities. And if you expect us to always show up the same way, you are not doing us a favor because sometimes we're going to show up as this sexy, sultry, like, woman. Sometimes we're going to be, like, sometimes we're going to be super loud, sex goddess. And, you know, there is a gem in every one of those facets and personalities that we have within. And if you only give us permission to express one side of ourselves, we are going to close down other parts of ourselves. And when we close down other parts of ourselves, parts of our pussies close down as well. And we're not fully open to you anymore. So it's really important for you guys to give us permission to really explore facets and welcome them, not just say, hey, I just want this personality. Mm-hmm. That's very, that's very fair. And, uh, I think you I think you're right. I think women really want to please their guy and this guys have to be open to understanding that women are multidimensional and you have to be able to be open to those different dimensions and you'll you'll get what you want, but you're going to get so much more if you're open to it. Is that correct? Totally, exactly. Okay. You also talk about um let's talk about this a little bit. You mentioned tantra and um uh ayurvedic medicine and uh I had uh as I mentioned earlier in the show, in the intro, I had robotic surgery three years ago. I was out running. I had some pain. I got a CAT scan. They said, you have a small growth on each kidney. You got to get that taken care of. I did. It was very early. They said, you'll never have it again. And, uh, and I said, well, how did it happen? They said, oh, it was sporadic. And I said to myself, great surgeon, bad answer. So I actually, (laughs) one of our guests on guys, guys radio, uh, Dr. Ahmed Gazwami, who's a very well-known quantum physicist and healer. He, uh, uh, he, he's very uh, active in the quantum medicine field. And he said, you should check out uh, Ayurvedic healing. And he sent me to the New York Innovative Medicine Center. And I went there and they did all of the Ayurvedic uh, protocol with me. They tested my blood through a little pinprick on my pinky and found, you know, traumas that I had at different ages and where it was hidden and what organs in my body. And we use magnets to get rid of it. And there was some body stuff and some mind stuff and some spiritual stuff and uh, biomechanism, biocharging mechanisms and taking blood out and doing some things with the blood and rerunning it back into my body and tons of supplements. And my uh, net net, the level of uh, toxicities and uh, pathogens in my body was well all the pathogens were eliminated 100 percent, and then the level of toxicity and heavy metals and all that stuff was cut by actually 100 percent. and i've never felt better and i'm so glad that i did this even though insurance doesn't cover it you know they cover things when you're sick but when you're healing yourself unfortunately they don't take care of that but that's how this country is um but Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Ayurvedic medicine. What is it and why our listeners out there should be at least curious, if nothing else, about it? Because to me, it's, it's the past and it's the future. Mm, totally. So I happened to go to India to study like Ayurveda and, and different practices. And so granted that it takes, five years to become an Ayurvedic practitioner and doctor when they do that in mm-hmm. India through their training. And I only stayed there for five weeks. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I, I only have a short, even though five weeks is, is fairly long, it, it was just a little glimpse into it. And um, mm-hmm. 
when I went there, they were, you know, they were doing different practices like panchakarma, so using oils on the body. Yeah. And what I love about Ayurveda is that it's really this science of life and that they have such an understanding that goes like way, way back, you know, and that they look at all the different aspects in the body from the state of the organs, from just like... Like you were saying about how trauma affects, you know, who you are. Where are your imbalances? All these different mm-hmm. like, personalities, and and so it's it's a way to bring yourself back into balance. But it's a way yeah. that works with life, where it's gentle. Because unfortunately, with traditional medicine, often we're like, hey, let's do this, let's cut this out, let's take this antibiotic. Antibiotic means killing life. And mm-hmm. so Ayurveda is more about how can we bring life back into every cell of your body? How can we correct the imbalances? And how can we correct the disease before it even manifests into the body? So you can yes. benefit from seeing a, a specialist and a trained Ayurvedic practitioner before you're even sick to maintain your good health so that you can have more vitality in the body and it has no side effects. And that's what I love about it. And I've also used it just like you for um, like health challenges. And for me, it really transformed how I felt in my body and was able to cure things that traditional medicine said, huh, we don't know what to do. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it gives you an answer to things that maybe traditional medicine can't, can't pinpoint. So that's very uh, empowering. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've heard this also, but the one piece of advice I got from uh, the main doctor I worked with there, he said, don't eat sushi. Mm. And he said, I, you wouldn't believe how many people come in here with parasites from sushi. And it's just because mm. of how the sushi here, how it's prepared, how it's mislabeled. And it's not a condemnation of sushi at the highest level of preparation. Uh, but it's a condemnation of the bastardization of uh, sushi in terms of just taking any type of fish and cutting up and saying it's, you know, saying it's something it isn't and uh, putting it out there and not following the proper health protocols. And what happens is, you know, a lot of people have uh, internal issues with internal parasites and stuff because of uh, problems with uh, quote unquote sushi products. Have you heard that? Um, you know, I wasn't familiar particularly with that. I mean, I'm familiar with the fact that people do have parasites, and I can see how that logic could apply, and it would make sense, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things with Ayurveda that they do talk about and that they help do is really like rebalancing and cleansing, like deep detox, the detox that are working, because often when we do a detox, we're like, oh, I'm just going to do this liver cleanse. But uh, if your liver is still like full of toxins, when you do the cleanse, your body gets loaded with more toxins and then you go through all the right. symptoms and people think, oh, I'm detoxing and that's good. And it's like, no, actually, it's not good. Your body is like overloaded with toxins. So Ayurveda, okay, let's look at all the other organs. How can we make all that system work together right. so that it could be a gentle experience on the body? Yeah, uh, just one more thought on that, and then we'll move move on. You know, it's interesting because uh, wh- where I had the robotic surgery, where they shoved the rods in and all that, the Ayurvedic doctor said, you know, this area is like been deadened, and uh, we're going to do some things to uh, through a biocharger and some other things where he actually helped me, uh, or the protocol helped me get the cells talking to each other again, 
And uh, mm. I found that I found that fascinating. Now you have to you have to go into something like this with an open mind and some faith. If you don't if you don't buy into it, it's not going to work. He said you have to you have to like be into it. You have to participate. The way it works is you make it work. Uh, it doesn't just do this stuff on its own. And uh, so you have to you know it's like anything else when you uh, are open and you believe you're going to get better results. And I would think. That's the same way with sex. So let's talk a little bit about um, ED, because a lot of guys, uh, I, I've, I've read that a lot of young guys have ED issues now. I guess it's stress-related. A lot of boomers, because they're on meds and they have stress and their jobs and they're overweight and all this stuff. <clears throat> what do you prescribe? Because you have, uh, you have uh, uh, classes and uh, other techniques. How do, you, how do you, I'm sure that's one of your top uh, issues that you uh, deal with. How do you uh, address it? Totally. So definitely um, it is one of the big big complaints with many men, and it's, it happens to, through all ages. Like you said, younger men, older men, it, it's, it's something that's very uh, – that happens a lot. And unfortunately, so it's not just, it's doctors, not just physical. That was my point that, you know, it's young guys, you know. Uh, when I was, mm-hmm. you know, young, uh, younger, I would ride a bus and I'd get it roused. But, you know, nowadays, a lot of young guys, they're having issues that older guys have. Exactly. Well, there's things that have been happening in terms of our lifestyle that are um, totally depleting our hormones. You know, your levels, your testosterone levels are very much responsible for your erections. And many men, like stress, will take a toll. If you have high level of cortisol in the body, it will make your testosterone level lower. So like you said, yes. Stress is one of the biggie. And your lifestyle, what you eat, you know, a lot of the food, processed food, soy food, mm-hmm. like yes. a, a lot of these things will make it that it, it will put your hormones into havoc. And again, that will influence how strong your erections are. And then, so not only is there, and then as a society, we, we don't move enough anymore. So we don't exercise enough. So there's a lot of overweight or just under exercise. And you need to have, you know, when you exercise, you have nitric oxide that's being released in the body. Nitric oxide is also responsible and helps with your, like with your erections, with the circulation. And so you want to be able to, to, to have all of these things. And then the last is that once you start having erections like issues and it doesn't work the way that it always did, you start being stuck into this wheel where it's not fulfilling prophecy and it's really hard. So you can you can start looking at it from right. the angle of like right. changing the lifestyle, right. but then you also mm-hmm. have to start changing the mindset and like how to get out of that self-fulfilling prophecy because you're like, oh my God, I, it's not going to work. And as soon as you start right. thinking like this, your erections go down. Mm-hmm. I had uh, two two things that I have found were uh, very helpful um, in terms of uh, one it has to do with exercises for your blood flow. And that is and I read about this and I have taken it and it works. It's natural. Uh, a pine bark and organine. And uh, okay. that helps with your body's blood flow. And I have found that it makes a major difference in terms of, uh, you know, you get you just you know, you get the random, random uh, erections and stuff. And it's like, wee-ha. Uh, and, mm. uh, and it's both natural. There's no side effects from pine, pine bark. They're little uh, capsules and arginine is a, an amino acid. Have you heard of this? 
So I did not hear of these ones, but definitely anything that will reduce, uh, well, that will improve your circulation yes. will be good for your erection. So there okay. are some of this, and there's other supplements that are like herbal supplements that you can use mm -hmm. as well um, that, that can really help with that. And um, I, have, I have a whole, like, blog article, but some of them are, like, tribulus, ashwagandha. You know, some of these are, like, right. Ayurvedic herbs as well, like ginseng, yeah. maca, there's soap palmetto. Mm -hmm. There's yep. a lot of herbs out there that can help, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is just was just with a girlfriend I had, and she, uh, you know, we didn't have any issues or anything. In fact, we spent the majority of our time having sex, frankly. Uh, it was a, about an 18-month relationship, and we got together every weekend for about 18 months and had sex and it was great. And then it didn't last longer than that, but that's okay. But she would reach underneath my penis and kind of almost like plucking a banjo string way under there, like pluck, pluck, pluck. And I would be like boing. And I never experienced anything before it or after it. Is that some type of technique that, uh, or, or, or am I imagining things? Whatever, it was darn good and effective. <laughs> awesome. So was she like pressing uh, on your perineum, like between your balls and your anus and that piece of skin? Is that where she not, was not, not, No, it's more like at the lower part of the shaft of the penis. Uh -huh. Like where, okay, the, where, the the big vein, where the big vein is, almost like plucking the yeah. vein like it was a guitar string, like a bass guitar string. Okay, yeah. And all so of a sudden it was like, boom, like boing. Mm -hmm. Almost instantaneous, yeah. like it's like, but there was a technique. Uh, there was a definitely a technique to it. You couldn't just do that, and uh, you had to do it a certain way, and it was like super effective. That's awesome. So I do use that where I I will work at the base of the penis and do some contraction. So mm -hmm. I like to do it like kind of like a pump motion where I take my thumb and index finger. It's kind of like a ring there, and you just pump, 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 like 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 okay. kind of like a heartbeat, and that do, usually helps. Like it really works well for um, bringing in more blood into the penis. Once you start getting more blood, you know it's kind of like yeah, it's happening. The erection's coming, and then you know the head kicks in as well, so it works. So it is one mm -hmm. practice to kind of like grab at the shaft and do some like nice little like uh, like pumping and stimulation right there that can definitely help. Now, how do you, uh, Celine, um, and all of this, your information is fantastic. So thank you on behalf of uh, me and, and the, our audience. Um, a lot of uh, men, I think, would say that, you know, you know, they get married and their wife has a kid or a couple of kids and then the sex life kind of gets pretty quiet. Uh, and it's, it's sometimes it's a challenge to get wifey, uh, you know, ready to get the pom poms out, if you will. So how, <laughs> what do you, how do you address that? Cause a lot mm -hmm. of guys are blindsided by that. They're like, they think, oh, it's just going to be exactly like it was when we were single. And then it's mm -hmm. like, no sex tonight. No, that's it. Netflix. You're going to binge watch Star <laughs> Trek. See, see, <laughs> Star Trek Ascension you're going to watch? How many episodes? Oh, 500? Oh, okay. I'll see you in the spring. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, um, a few things happen. So when we start a relationship, there's this, like, hormonal shower, and it's really easy for us to, like, do acts for one another. And so it's easy to get the sex going. And then once we're in an established relationship, you know, things like the – 
the hormone starts to stabilize, we, we're not having the same stimulation, and then once kids come in the picture, it's even different. And so one of the things that I like to tell my, my men client is really like, hey, do you remember what you were doing when you started to date each other? What were the things you loved doing? And often they go like, oh, my God, I used to tell her I loved her. I used to buy her flowers, or I would do this for her, or I would do that. And then I ask them, how often do you still do that in your relationship? <laughs> Never. And often they, often they go like, uh, it's been 10 years since I've done that. And so right. the thing is, you know, you've got to speak her love language. You've got to make her feel wanted and loved, and in whatever way that is. So part of your responsibility, sex doesn't just start in the bedroom once you close the door. You start foreplay as, like, throughout the day, literally. And, and by foreplay, I mean, like, being sensual with each other, like, speaking each other's love language. And that's how you keep the attraction going and you got to mm. like like that plant you got to water it and give it energy if you don't have a regular date night if you don't pour love and attention onto your your wife like she's not going to respond imagine that she's like this plant she's just going to like like get all wilted and there's not going to be any flowers so that's also part of what you can do as a man to help her there that's beautifully spoken thank, thank you that's Fantastic. So I know we're uh, getting tight on time and I want to, first of all, I want to thank you because you've been amazing and I'd love it if we could, I have so many more questions and I want to get into a lot more of your power and mastery. So why don't you take a couple of minutes and tell the audience about power and mastery, your couples retreats, all your products, where they can find you, your website and all of that. And then I'll, I'll let you go, but uh, I would love to invite you back and we'll do another conversation and really get into some more specifics. I would love this, Robert. We're just getting started. Like, foreplay has just started. I'm ready for work. <laughs> <laughs> you got me speaking the love language. <laughs> so, um, yes, so what you can do and how you can find me. Um, so, first of all, Power and Mastery, powerandmastery.com. And this is an amazing course that I've created with my men um, where it's a three-part series for men to really, like, get like transform themselves into like becoming heroes in the bedroom. And so we are making it into three different parts because for those that want to learn how to power up their erections and it's all about how to have harder, stronger uh, erections, like totally naturally. Then we look at how to master your ejaculation, whether or not you have premature ejaculation, but if you want to be able to last longer, and then in the first part, we dive into like that sexual mastery, which is beyond the performance, really, because it's like techniques, but it's also like developing the qualities of like being that man that is like turning her on, how to keep that polarity and attraction alive in your, in your relationship. So this is an amazing course, and it's all online. You can do it at home, at your own speed that we have designed for men. And you have both mm -hmm. perspectives because I'm there, and so is my man. So you get the, like, he's teaching you what he did in order to separate his orgasm and ejaculation, what he did to laugh in the bedroom. And I'm coming in with the expert part, so you get the feminine part and the masculine. Mm -hmm. part and it's really amazing so that's like something that I highly recommend for anyone to check out and then if you want to learn more about like you know more like one-on-one -on -one coaching with me like sexual like coaching masturbation coaching I mean there's so much more here to talk about but just go to my website we've got to talk about masturbation coaching I need a coach badly for that I got to <laughs> tell you <laughs> really 
<laughs> like, well, go I, get him, Bobby. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, 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 forgive me. I'm just having fun here. It was, it was, it was well, just, you, just, you may put it out there. I couldn't, I couldn't resist, but. Yeah, <laughs> you had to grab it. Hey, it's one of my favorite things, to be honest. I love that. You know, I work with people from all around the world and the States, and we can do a lot of things with technology. And uh, teaching men really to, like, have multiple orgasms and just really, like, have control over their cock rather than being controlled by them. And it's highly liberating and freeing and accelerating for men to uh, go through that. And so, yes, you can check more on my website. And I invite you to... Um, I have like on my get started, it's like I've created a sex vault and every month I put like new videos for my insiders and, and like secret things that you can't find on my website <laughs> and sign up for it. And it's like, like really wonderful information. So if you uh, want to be like part of my tribe and go on this exploration where I, you get to learn so much more about sex and just remove the shame and get real about sex, just uh, sign up for that and uh, we'll meet online. Fantastic. That's awesome. Now, do you ever, uh, do you work with individuals? Uh, you're in, are you in LA or the LA area? Um, I'm or in California? San Diego, North, yes. I'm in North County of San Diego. So, okay. Um, um, yeah. So do, do you work with people uh, only online or do you have, you know, do you do retreats and stuff like that and you do it in Southern California? Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, so I work, I work online and in person. People can come to me and I work with men, with women, with couples. So I have lots of options, do VIP day, weekend coaching, because again, you know, it's so individual that I love to create and tailor special packages for my clients so that they can have the transformation and learn the skills that they need so that their sex life gets chance for their rest of their life. That's fantastic. I love what you're doing and I love how you express it and articulate it. And uh, I have so many more questions, so I can't, and you're, and you're delightful. So I can't wait to do this again, Celine. So thank you so much for being on guys, guys radio and putting up with me and uh, you know, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. That sounds wonderful, Robert. It was my pleasure. I loved it. And I look forward to more. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Celine. Okay, that's our special guest, Celine Reme, and uh, make sure you check out her website and her services, and uh, she's fascinating and lovely, so uh, so pleased that she's been on the show. So let's take a quick break, and then I'm going to do the Guys, Guys Guide, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So uh, I don't want to come down because I'm on such a high because we had so much fun with Celine, but... Uh, the guy's guy's guide to things that bug me. I'm working on a blog post. I've done over 275 blog posts and I take on, on anything that has to do with life, love and the pursuit of happiness. And this is about some of those little things. It's like you get you like in modern day living and society, just like, why does it have to, why do you have to do that? So let me give you a little bit of a rant. Um, one is, and I'm here in New York city. So we get the uh, subway dancers, not so much anymore, but uh, I think they kind of did a sweep on them. But if you get on the uh, A train on 59th Street and you're going to go up to 125th Street, you're going to get a bunch of kids come on and they blast, blast really loud music and they start swinging around on the poles and rolling down the aisles and looking for money. And uh, you have to kind of like make sure that you don't – I've never seen anybody get kicked or anything, but you have to – you have to be aware that you don't get in the way. And it's like, and it can be a little aggressive in terms of the 
panhandling, if you will. So it's like, we really, do we really need that? A little bit of an annoyance. Um, another thing is uh, banks now have this new habit of deactivating accounts or also credit cards. If you don't use a credit card for a store or retail or whatever, after a year, they just can deactivate you. And they have the ability to do this. I had a whole thing with one of the major banks, and you know, there's only a handful of them now where they deactivated. I had two uh, two debit cards, and I have another account, and uh, two of the debit cards were deactivated. Uh, and uh, so it said, I got a letter in the mail. They're deactivated. No warning. No, like you have to use them in 30 days. It said, go online and reactivate. They go online to reactivate. It said, no, you have to call up. So I go call up. They say, no, you have to go to a branch. Why? Because you're in the state of New York. I'm like, well, the a letter that I got has a New York address on it. Wouldn't you think that you would tell me that when you originally wrote to me to tell me you deactivated my debit card? Anyhow, it's uh, the whole uh, notion of uh, service, customer service, and banks really respecting the the smaller customers, if you will, Uh it's it's an issue, and you really gotta you gotta watch them because uh, they don't have the, the your best interests in mind many times. Uh, same thing with some of the big cable providers. One in particular, very very big one. You ever try to go through customer service to get upgrades? We just did a thing where we had to get some new remotes, and uh, they actually got the address wrong, and they were sending remotes. We said we don't have these remotes, and they started charging us for new remotes, and they were sending them to the other part of Manhattan instead of to the west side, they were sending it to the east side, same address. And just to get on there, it takes you like 45 minutes to go through the, you know, the switchboard and the prompts and to get a human being on there who understands what uh, you're talking about and what they're talking about. And it's just a rant that takes, drains you energy and wastes time. Uh, but, it gives you good practice in terms of patience and dealing with people. A lot of times dealing with difficult people can be a road to growth. So this is just a little rant. I know dealing with this stuff is in my best interest, but I'm just expressing them as part of the whole guys, guys brand that we want to be open about things. Here's another little one. You're online at a store, maybe it's a supermarket or whatever, and somebody's in front of you and they have all these items and you're waiting online, you're waiting online, you're waiting online, and they go through all their items. And then, only then, do they take out, they dig into their bag or whatever to find their wallet, to dig through their wallet, to find their cash, to find their credit card, or whatever. Instead of thinking you're online for 10 minutes, you would think you'd have your method of payment ready. No, that would be too simple. But that's how it is. That's how it is in modern life. I'm not going to, I'll give you one more. And then I'll let it go. How many ad campaigns now? I'm from the world of advertising. Feature people happy and dancing in the ad over the product they're selling. It's so uncreative. It's so lame that that's the best they can do. Oh, I've got this product. We're dancing now. Look at how happy we are. This is what it's come to in the world of advertising. The, the age of creativity from this 60s, 70s, 80s, and even 90s has dwindled so much because everything's so quantifiable and measurable that a lot of the creativity has been sucked out of advertising because it's, it's strictly transaction-oriented industry now. But there's so many ads. Keep, keep your eye out and watch where people are like happy and they're wiggling back and forth and they're just jumping up and down and it's all dancing because they're using the product that they want you to buy. 
that's it. That's my guys, guys rant. I haven't done that. I feel like I'm Bill Maher here making some type of rant where he goes new rules, but I normally don't do this. We stay positive on the show, but I have a right because it's my 250th podcast. Darn it. Anyhow, that's our show for this evening. We're back next Wednesday with another podcast, 251 and growing. And I thank my audience. I love you guys. And I really appreciate your supporting us. Go on iTunes and give us a rating subscribe, review, support us. We're growing. We're there for you. And remember, like I always say at the end of the podcast, guys, guys, finish first.